Welcome to this breast cancer edition of Meet the Professors. This is medical oncologist Dr. Neil Love. As in all of these programs, we gathered a dozen practicing oncologists to present real but de-identified breast cancer cases from their practices to our faculty of Drs. Eric Weiner, Lisa Carey, Skip Burris, and Antonio Wolfe. To begin, Dr. Bill Reeves presents a patient with triple negative node positive breast cancer and multiple lesions in her liver while on an aromatase inhibitor two years after completing adjuvant chemotherapy. This is a 65-year-old who presented in June of 2002 with a palpable mass in her right breast. It measured out to be 5 centimeters and an infiltrating duct carcinoma removed by mastectomy. The patient had seven positive lymph nodes with matting in the axilla. The cancer was estrogen receptor positive, progesterone receptor positive, but HER2 new negative. Her staging workup was absolutely negative and included bone scan, abdominal scans, a CT of the brain, and a chest x-ray and her heart evaluation was normal. She was very anxious and she acknowledged that she had awareness of this breast mass for over six months, but just could not bring herself to seeking medical attention. Finally, when she did, obviously things moved along very quickly and she was compliant, but just distraught about the thought of cancer. She had one sister who had two daughters, none of whom had any health problems. There was no family history of breast cancer and she lived alone. After her definitive surgery and staging workup, we started her on chemotherapy with a FEC 100 program. She got six psychos. Family and staff were very supportive. She got through the treatments with a lot of hand-holding and a lot of compassion. She got chest wall irradiation and was started on Aramidex. She did well until October 2005 when she began experiencing some abdominal pain. It was intermittent in nature, kind of crampy at times. She had some early satiety and developed a weight loss of about 10 pounds in the space of three months. Her normal weight was about 160. She went through a restaging workup and multiple liver defects were identified. There was no other organomegaly or pancreas looked normal, kidney, spleen, everything was fine. Nothing in the chest x-ray bone scan was negative. And they did describe that there was some delay in emptying of oral contrast out of the stomach on the CAT scan. But at that point in time, we stopped the Aramidex. And I just want to turn to Eric to start the discussion of the issue of biopsy of metastatic disease and whether you would biopsy this lady, how you would be thinking through this situation. I think over the years, my threshold to do biopsies has actually gone down. Many years ago, meaning probably 15, 20 years ago, I think we all felt that a biopsy was mandatory to treat cancer, period, to treat metastatic disease. There was a period of time when imaging seemed to be so good that we got away from that, and more often we didn't do biopsies. And while I don't think that they have to be done in 100% of patients, I more commonly do them than not do them these days. And I do them not so much in a case like this to establish a diagnosis of cancer because I think it's pretty clear that she has cancer. It almost certainly is breast cancer. I'm going to bet that she has elevated tumor markers if you check them, and that would further confirm it. But I want to know what the receptors are. And while it is likely that they're not different and that she will again have a hormone receptor positive and HER2 negative cancer, I do want to know what the hormone receptors are today, even if I'm going to use chemotherapy initially, because it's going to affect my decision about perhaps how long I'll continue that chemotherapy and what I'll do next. And I think there's enough that we don't know about HER2 testing that I want to repeat the HER2 testing. 
Lisa, what about the issue of biopsy with metastatic disease? What would you be thinking in this case? How far will you go? The patient has just bone mets and they're in a bad place, et cetera. Like Eric, I actually, for the first diagnosis of stage four disease, I try pretty hard to get a biopsy. And I think there's two main reasons to do it. One is occasionally the imaging is wrong. And I've had fungal diseases masquerade as metastatic disease, and I've had some autoimmune diseases show up. And so once you've had that happen a couple of times, you're much less sanguine about not biopsying. I must say that in this case, again, if you have elevated serum tumor markers and a very characteristic finding, it is very, very unlikely that this is not metastatic disease. But for that reason, I think it's a good reason to try and biopsy when it's feasible. Did you have tumor markers in her case? They were negative. Yeah. They were negative. Okay. Right. And a separate and equally compelling reason to do it is exactly as Eric said, there can be shift in receptors over time. Now, whether that actually reflects true shift or whether it's variability in ERPR and HER2 testing and scoring is a subject of debate, but either way, you'd like to know today what the receptors are. Eric, any sense about whether receptor shifts really actually occur? ER negative, ER positive, both ways, HER2, both ways, do you think they actually change? And what do we know about the issue of heterogeneity or homogeneity receptors throughout the body? Yeah. Shifts do occur, at least to some extent. Certainly shifts in hormone receptors occur, and more commonly those shifts are from positive to negative. But rarely, and this actually may reflect either heterogeneity or problems with testing, you will find someone whose metastatic disease is ER positive, where the primary was said to be negative. I don't know specifically of studies that have looked at cases side by side and done staining side by side so that we could say that those shifts are real going from negative to positive. But in any case, there are times when you have someone who you think has ER negative disease and it does turn out to be hormone receptor positive. HER2, I think, is much more perplexing. And I have to say that most of the last, I don't know, five to eight years, I've pretty much thought that HER2 is something that is either there in the beginning or it isn't, that it's either there or it isn't there, and that it doesn't change. And at the moment, I am less convinced of any of those statements. I think that there may be gray areas in terms of HER2 and that maybe there are gradations. And while I don't think it changes commonly, I think that it may change in some patients over time. That, however, may be a reflection of heterogeneity. So it may not be so much that it's changing, but that there is some amount of heterogeneity within the tumor, and what you're seeing as metastatic disease may be just one portion of that initial primary. Bill, can you follow up with what happened to the patient? Well, liver biopsy was done, and it showed a GI stromal tumor that was CKID positive. <laughs> <laughs> turns out that upper GI endoscopy was done, and that failure to f- empty was a mass in the area of the stomach as well. So she went on to be placed on Gleevec. Her amidex was resumed, and she's now two years along, and the liver lesions are still present but shrinking. She's eating well, regained her weight, and quality of life is very good, although she remains remarkably anxious. The mass in the stomach changed a little bit. They described it in the last CAT scan as having a mucinous calcifications, and I'm not sure what that means except... I presume just dystrophy or whatever. Eric, what are your thoughts? So, you know, it used to be that breast cancer was the most treatable metastatic disease. And as we have better targeted therapies for other malignancies, looking for that rare patient who has a metastatic second primary without having presented with the primary may become more relevant, you know, as is in this case. 
Well, I have two now that are GI stromal tumors and breast cancer. I actually have one I'm treating right now, yeah. chest and breast cancer. And the problem with this patient now, every time they show something, you need to biopsy to know what mm-hmm. is what. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Any final comments, Lisa? No, I'm really struck this is an amazing case, and I think it really nicely illustrates the rationale behind doing it. I do think that with our radiologists getting more and more proficient, it's actually uncommon that I can't get a reasonably low-risk biopsy performed in a patient in a same-day procedure. Eric? So, honest answer. If you had done this biopsy, and as someone suggested, you got necrotic material back, it was a difficult biopsy, would you have pushed her to do a second one? In this lady, I would, because her anxiety level is so high. I mean, it's just incredible. Every time we sit with her, it's like perspiration is coming off her. She's fearful what I'm going to say. There's at least one or two family members. I have to be precise with her to be able to go forward. So in truth, apart from the anxiety in someone else with this situation, I'm not sure that I would have pushed for a second biopsy, but when things didn't go well, I would have pushed at that point for a second biopsy. The right thing to have done would have been to push, well, clearly here, the right thing to have done would have been to push for the second biopsy, but I have to admit that I'm not sure that I would have. I think the only other thing I'd add is, boy, won't it be nice in the future when we can obtain samples of the metastatic disease without having to go through a biopsy? You know, sort of the promise of some of the circulating tumor cell assays and things like that, that you can actually phenotype the cancer without it requiring a BATS. And maybe just as importantly, being able to monitor what's going on. Yeah. And changes in phenotype, that's exactly right. And there are some data that suggest that not only can you modulate the hormone receptors with therapy, but actually anti-hormone receptor and anti-HER2-targeted therapies can influence each other's phenotype. And so that it's all up for grabs.